So hello and welcome to this episode of Sarah Fisher Talks Connective Parenting. I am really excited to be here today with the brilliant Vivian Hill. Now Viv and I met, oh I can't even remember, about six months ago I think it was, and she does some amazing work with teenagers particularly, helping them kind of get through exam stress and deal with the anxiety of it and schoolwork and all of that kind of stuff. And so I'm really excited to have her here today talking to us and we are recording this uh, the first day that schools are formally shut down in England so lots of us are homeschooling um, for the first time ever and obviously those sitting GCSEs and A-levels have also just been told that they won't be happening this summer so we really wanted to also pick up kind of helping your children and yourselves if you're worried about what's going to happen as a result of those exams not happening. So I am going to uh, hand over to Vivian to introduce herself and let you know a little bit about what she does before we start thinking about how we can help our teenagers. So do you want to introduce yourself, Viv? Hello, yes, my name's Viv. Thank you very much for that lovely introduction. And I came, um, I came to uh, do the work that I did, do in my programme, Funkhead, by first of all, um, suffering the problems of stress and anxiety and depression when I was a youngster going through my O-levels. That tells my age too, doesn't it? And, uh, and so I realised how helpless I was at the time and how hopeless I felt and how terrible it was. And then many years later, my daughter, uh, Rose, who's now 21, was going through her GCSEs. And I know that um, she was feeling something similar which was when I realized I could help her. By that time, I had uh, a variety of different um, skills under my belt, some qualifications. I was a pharmacist initially, and then I became a hypnotherapist, and I did a training and assessment qualification, and uh, a variety of other complementary therapies, including life coach. So I realized that there was something I could do for her. And then it dawned on me over the following couple of years that I could do something for everyone or, or at least those teenagers who are looking for help in that particular area so what I do is with Funkhead I help teenagers to to get rid of their anxiety in the moment within a minute and then we look at the underlying stress and then we start to build happiness I mean that this is a program that I run over a variety of different um, different programs. It's all Funkhead, but um, over different time spans, um, and that basically is what the program does. So that's me in a nutshell, sort of. I think. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that the work you do is so powerful because we all know, you know, as, as parents, we have all sat, whether it was O levels, GCSEs, A levels, maybe university. You know, we've all sat exams, and that fear that so many of us will have had going into them am I going to do well enough you know I can't do exams the anxiety the, the pressure particularly I think now I think there's probably more pressure on teenagers um is, is my sense and I know certainly when I was working in a school the exam time was really stressful for the staff and for the kids trying to get all of that knowledge into their brains and obviously for some children that's really easy yeah. And for others, find it really hard. And I know that, you know, I struggle with exams. I'm not a big, I don't do particularly well when I have to sit down and write an exam. The pressure seems to get to my brain. And so I think the work you do is just so important to help those children kind of get the best and realise that actually, I don't know, I might not be popular saying this, but exams aren't the end of the world. You know, <laughs> if you don't do brilliantly, 
yes you can still do really well in life and if you look at the likes of Richard Branson he's a he's a prime example of that um whether you think what he does or not so when you're working with I don't know let's think of a 16 year old who's coming up and thinking they're going to be sitting their GCSEs this summer if you were working with them what would you suggest to help them kind of get over what's happening you know and the feelings that they've got yeah so what I would say with regard to what you just said was um and of course whilst we whilst I do work particularly with teenagers in schools and with their exams um of course this can be applied to everything in their life so now when we have this whole coronavirus um outbreak pandemic and and the horror that's going on around it yes that can be you know these tools can be used for them so your question was what can i do with a teenager who's feeling anxious now yes about the about the gcses in the summer or yeah i I think i'm just thinking there's different there's different parts of that question as i kind of think it over isn't there because obviously now we've got a whole load of teenagers who were believing in what six eight week time they were about to sit some gcses Yeah. yeah so the, the, the other side of it is yeah what would you do if you were going to help them actually calm down to sit them but then there's also the other side of the question actually how do we help them know it's going to be okay yeah. even though their teachers are going to be using whatever system it is predicted grades plus a bit of extra work to work out what they're going to get um yeah so it's really uncertain it seems to be uncertainty that's driving a lot of fear and anxiety at the moment i canvassed uh, a dozen people that i know who have who have teenagers last week um and uh basically the results the the answers i got were around around this fear of uncertainty mm-hmm. so i um i believe that the um that the fact that we don't know a whole variety of things is playing uh playing into that so first of all how ill we're going to get the fact that our wonderful prime minister has told us that so you know people will be dying um you know that's quite scary because we you know we're not used to being told that so um so there's that so there's are we are they doing exams or are they not well we've they've been told now that they're not but does that mean they're going to have predicted grades like you said are they going to use those and what are the, what are the kids who are um, like my daughter, um, just coasting through life uh, with with a plan to do some studying just prior to the exams, um, and so therefore have pretty rubbish predicted grades. Uh, but she's doing her A levels, by the way. But um, <laughs> but uh, now are unlikely to be able to prove themselves. Mm. So, I mean, one of the things that I think that would be really good for both parents and teenagers under those circumstances under these circumstances are to actually work out to maybe write a list of their anxieties their fears their worries their concerns whatever it is that's bothering them at the moment to maybe write a list of those and then start to triage that list to work out what they have control over what is it that they can that they actually can do something about and to put them to one side to 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 write a little you know to put an asterisk next to those the things that they have no control over put them in another box because 
And I don't mean to seal it up so that they're not dealing with it because there will still be fears and anxieties around that, but just to be aware that those particular things they can't do anything about. And once you know you can't do anything about, and in fact, sometimes it's the uncertainty around knowing that you can't do something about it, but it's quite scary, that creates more and more fear. So I would suggest that they work on the things that they do have control over, that they actually do something about those, and that the things they don't have control over, they start to process. Because we we know that um we know that it's not useful to suppress things and that that in fact one of the things that i've been thinking about recently is that if there if we have a whole population of people who are suppressing a whole bunch of stuff and for many people it's similar similar things what's going on in the future um i think that we could be leading ourselves down the PTSD path. And I, and I would really, really love for people to not go down there. There isn't, you know, there are things that you can do to actually prevent that trauma from coming on, from being embedded. So some of the things I would say around um, processing those uncertainties, those fears, those anxieties. Um, one of the things is that I, I teach is called Pat, which which we have done on a live previously. Yep, we have, yeah. So um, so Pat is a useful way of a, a useful way of uh, releasing what's going on. Another way that I have been um, and I have lives on this in in my Facebook page too. Um, um, another way is actually something that's been going around for a while called the Sedona method. So that's that's really about welcoming in so it it would be a case of working with each anxiety uh, one by one so you just what's coming up for you in the moment in fact maybe i should do it now i should talk about it yeah no that'd be brilliant talk okay cool so um so for instance whoever's listening you know who think of an anxiety or something that's making you feel unsettled um an uncertainty a fear whatever it is that's coming up just just allow it to be there. One of the problems is the suppression. So just allow this to be there. Open, open your heart and mind to whatever it is. It won't, it, we, we, you know, it, try to, we'll just be with whatever it is. I was going to say try to cope with the, you know, with the anxiety, but you basically have to feel it before you can let it go. Um, so in, in this, with this particular process, so just allow it to be there now. Could you let that go? Would you? When? And so that's the first round and it's just a case of going over it again. So I'll go over it again. So either with that uncertainty, that fear, that anxiety, whatever it is that's making you feel uncomfortable or unsettled, allow that in. Or it can be another one. It can be the same or another one. So welcome that in. Welcome the feelings, the thoughts, whatever it is that makes it real for you. Allow that to be there. Now, could you let that go? Would you? When? And really, it's like peeling an onion. Mm -hmm. There are layers to everything. 
Um, I remember many years ago when I, I uh, when EFT sort of uh, hadn't been out very long, and I remember hearing somebody say that what it is is busting that. There's a sort of everything that comes along that feels um, that um, I was going to say traumatize you, and that's true, but that creates anxiety um, in you has a sort of imagine it as a sort of energetic, you know, a sort of um, a, a bubble or a burst or a something of energy because you can feel that can't you you know when you feel anxiety you can feel a sort of buzz of something sometimes if you're shocked you can feel it right go right down to your toes and your fingers um, so that that little energetic buzz um, I remember hearing and it stuck with me for I, I mean that's probably 15 or 20 years ago this this idea that every time something similar happens that electrical buzz will keep on layering keep on layering keep on layering until you've got something like an onion it might be the size of your house it might be you know tiny but it's the idea is that with each process you do, whatever process it is, you're, you're peeling the layers of that onion, of that anxiety onion or that fear onion. So that is so powerful. And I, I really like that thought of, because I often think, talk about having an onion kind of peeling away the layers until you get to the center of it. Yeah. But what I love about those questions particularly is it's really giving you as the individual control over it. Yeah. And it's like, actually, am I ready to let go of this? Yeah. And sometimes you might want to say, no, actually, I'm not quite ready to let go of it. Yeah. And that's OK. But it's about yeah. us taking control of it as opposed to the anxiety having the control. And interestingly, um, that's absolutely right. But interestingly, the uh, even when you say no, you let go of it. Oh, wow. That's really interesting, isn't it? So you can you can keep on doing it as long as you as long as you keep on doing it, as long as you're still aware of it, you don't give up. You say, yeah. oh, well, you know, I said no. And therefore it's useless to me. If you keep on, you know, uh, keep on plugging at it. Um, just every time something comes up for you, just give it a go, say for a day or a week. Just just see how it goes. At the end, you'll find yourself having been relieved of whatever it is that's that's come up so that's that's fascinating isn't it it is absolutely fascinating and do you know what i love as well is it's so simple yeah yeah sometimes i think we get caught up in things needing to be complex to help us manage our anxiety or you know, any feelings and actually when you get something that's that simple you can do it at any time and anyone can do it Absolutely. Well, it's like going back to Pat, isn't it? Yeah. You know, the simple form was just just maybe wiggling your kneecaps one after the other very slowly. I mean, you know, how can it be simpler than that? And yeah. if you're actually relieving yourself of anxiety or fear from something that's so simple, brilliant. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so just to explain, Pat, Pat's when you do something on your left of the body and then the right of your body, isn't it? So yeah. you might kind of tension left kneecap, then your right kneecap, then your left kneecap, then your right kneecap. Yeah. We did it with some parents. Uh, one of them used a different part of her anatomy. <laughs> I'm not sure I want to say. But, um, but you could do anything, you know, clench your left fist, then your right fist, then your left fist. And it's incredibly um, calming. I was really surprised how calm I felt 
Um, and I did it with a group of parents recently. After you showed it to me, I did it with a group of parents. Really? And I could just watch them all kind of really relax in the moment. And it was really powerful. Yeah. Some of them who, who really do struggle with high anxiety levels and worries and, and a lot going on, you could just sense the whole kind of energy in the room really calm down. Um, and I was quite surprised at how powerful it was. Um, which I shouldn't be because I've felt it work. But, you know, you kind of think... No, no, but I, we are. We are because we're so stuck in that thought process, complexity. And, and actually, it's something you can do anywhere, isn't it? Because no one needs to know you're doing it. No. And that's well, that, what I like. Hence the kneecaps because it's yeah. usually you know, sort of under trousers or, <laughs> or whatever. And you, and, or, or tapping feet or, you know, that can be under the desk if you're sitting at a table or... You know, I, yeah. I, you know, for kids at school, it's brilliant because they can do it at any time. But also for us as adults, you know, if you're a parent and you're getting anxious about something or you're worried or maybe you've got to, I don't know, stand up in front of people and do a presentation, whether you're a child or an adult, that can be quite worrying. But actually, you can easily be doing that kind of getting ready to go on stage or even when you are up there to help you regulate. And I think yeah. as parents, if we can be using these techniques ourselves, that we know they're working our children will naturally start using them and they'll pick up on us being calmer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's so, so powerful because if we want our children to learn, we've got to be their role model, or at least yeah. I believe we've got to be their role model. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, at the moment with all the coronavirus and everything else, it's very easy to get understandably really worried. Yeah. Um, and and it, it is understandable to be worried and it's okay to be worried and it's normal to be worried because I guess, you know, we are, we are creatures in a world where, um, you know, with a, with, a, with a body that is set up to respond. We, are, we have an evolutionary responding process and, uh, you know, evolutionarily created, if you know what I mean. So we're, we're meant to respond. You know, we have a parasympathetic system, we have a nervous system, we have a, a, a sympathetic nervous system. And, and if they're working right, we will feel fear or anxiety around things that are making us like that. But what we do, what we can do, like you were saying, is we can get power back we can have our power own our power so i think that's really important to remember and i think right now kind of thinking back to teenagers who thought they were sitting exams and aren't that getting their power back and actually taking control of what they can control yeah is really really powerful it is really powerful in <laughs> fact well, that's what funk head does yeah. it's it's basically about getting rid of the anxiety in the moment then like i said you know building building an anti you know what was it that caused this in the first place how can i how can i start to respond differently to things so actually building a plan and then build building happiness and resilience on top of that because that is resilience is i don't have the definition here but it's something along the lines of it is the ability to bounce back after you've been hit hard by something and that's what we want that's what we want for ourselves and for our kids and that's what i'm hoping for with funkhead to keep on getting the word out about you have the power you really do have the power and so one of the things that we were talking about before was plan a plan b so one of the things that kids always and well often not everybody but often particularly the high achieving no not only the high achieving just kids you know we we, we tend to um focus on um 
one plan. Okay, I have to do this. This is the only thing I want to do. It's, you know, my life depends on this. And then when, like, like right now, things are that, you know, we are not standing on the terra firma, you know, things are very peculiar at the moment. So what's happening to plan A? It's probably gone out the window or there's uncertainty attached to it. Or, you know, were my, I was relying on having, I was relying on working my bum off, having really good grades as a result of studying really hard and then being able to do plan A. Mm. But so, you know, one of the things I say in Funkhead that I think is really important and isn't often thought about enough is flexibility and that and that building in other plans plan b c d all the way to z you know let's be flexible in a time of uncertainty and we need to start to learn how to be flexible obviously but that does come from our minds as well we can do that with our minds think about things when they come up for you do the processing for the emotional stuff but also start to think yourself through things you know how many how many amazing things are hidden behind the door of plan b or plan c that you know the the riches that the that the world holds we can't possibly imagine the 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 probably uh infinite number of opportunities waiting out there for us mm -hmm. and embracing the possible richness of life is part of um part of resilience it's certainly part of building resilience and 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 the joy of waking up each day to an uncertain world with a feeling of resilience with a feeling of control over the things you can control and being able to process the things you can't that are making you fearful it's powerful stuff yeah it is and and i think at a time when teenagers are the statistics even can't say the word but they show that the mental health of teenagers is is not always in a great place terrible quite actually often. being able to teach them that resilience and that ability to cope with change i think is huge because they've been on a very structured school is a very structured path isn't it you know all the way yeah. you get sort of through to kind of a levels whether you're doing a levels or btechs whatever you're doing you kind of know your path until you're 18 yeah it's sort of set in stone yeah with, with obviously you know flexibility and then we've had this huge worldwide i don't know incident i'm gonna say i don't even know what to call it thrown yeah. at us that is actually changing the path of a lot of kids potentially yeah and and saying yes they you know we know they're going to get into the university if they wanted to then we know they'll get onto the a-level course if they wanted to yeah. but it's still a really huge time of change and if you're not used to dealing with managing that change or even aware of what your own emotions are and how to manage them, it's hugely hard to to balance that out. And I, I know, you know, you talk about emotions, one of the things I always say to parents is about emotions and make them normal. Yeah. So that they know what their emotions are and that it's okay to be anxious. Yeah. And then they've got the questions and the Sedona method to, to work through it. But actually, if they don't even know that they're feeling anxious, then you've got a different problem because they can't recognize their own emotions. So I would say for for that sort of situation, if if uh, you, are you saying if if the parent has identified anxiety but the child hasn't? 
Yeah, because I think sometimes, certainly some of the parents I work with, their yeah. child can't recognise how they're feeling. Yeah, right. The okay. child can't recognise the anxiety, but the parent will be like, I'm pretty sure that is anxiety. Yeah. And, yeah. and obviously then as the parent, you've got to help your child understand that they're anxious without freaking them out that they're anxious. Absolutely. And knowing that it's okay to be anxious. Absolutely. We're all slightly worried at the moment. I would say one of the things to do in that, in that instance is... Like when we look at the animal world, we realize what happens with animals when they get fearful, when they get anxious and they move. They quite often, I mean, you know, you also have the stuck in the headlights thing, but when the fear has gone, the animal releases those stress hormones by shaking. Mm -hmm. So I think implementing, implementing movement, dance and shaking exercises into everyday life is allowing the, the, the natural uh, breakdown of adrenaline to happen via this movement. Yeah. And so that will also help tremendously. You know, if you had, if you had a, a, a boogie before dinner, you know, like, or, or go out, you know, or go out for a walk with the dog that does it, you know, it's that, it's that movement. And, and all these things come back to something similar, like, um, like Pat, that bilateral stimulation that's walking effectively you know so we all have the ability to fix our anxiety whether we knew we had it or not and the biofeedback they get from from having done that will will start to mean something to them particularly if it's helped um, by a parent pointing it out to them how you know how good do you feel when you've had your walk how do you feel before you have your walk how do you feel after you've had your, you know that stuff yeah, like that. absolutely it, it's really helping them to see and helping them to know it's okay to feel like that absolutely um, and i think i don't know whether it's a british thing but i often think that we don't talk about emotions that much in the uk definitely a british thing yeah, it probably is. And, you know, I know I talk to a number of dads and I say, I need you to talk about emotions. And some of them look at me and go, uh, no, I don't do that. And there was plenty of mums who do the same thing. You say, yeah. well, no, I wasn't brought up to talk about emotions. Yeah. Like, but actually your child is then isn't learning from you about emotions and they don't really learn about them at school. Yeah. So then they're not learning about them anywhere. Yeah. Um, and it's much better that they come out through talking and saying, actually, I'm feeling anxious or I need to go for a run or whatever it is. I need to go and bounce on the trampoline. Then they come out in the wrong way or they don't come out and they end up kind of being held within them absolutely um, and I think some of the really simple and straightforward tips that you've shared today are really easy ways of helping our children manage those emotions and potentially manage them without even having to acknowledge them to other people because yes. they use those things yeah without having to say actually this is how I'm feeling they just know that those strategies will help them feel better Resilience doesn't have to be, uh, has, you know, it doesn't have to be something that you come through having shared, spilled your heart, heart out to anybody. It can be just built within. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And as always, this has been such a fascinating chat and shared loads of ideas. Have you got a kind of, I don't know, is there, is there one tip you, you would share with parents and teenagers? I know it's one of those questions about how long is a piece of string. <laughs> Um, but if you if you could share kind of one tip or two tips with parents that they can help their kids or that teenagers can hear and go, yeah, that makes sense. What, what would it be? Well, 
it sounds corny but uh, but it is that that old uh, that saying that was around in the i don't know was it around 70s 80s i don't know when it was it may have been before that but and and you don't even have to have a, the god at the beginning of it right so it's not a religious thing but i think it is uh, i think it is quite um quite poignant at the moment and it's it's the old um i don't know is it a poem God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change those things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. <laughs> so I think that's it. Yeah, no, I absolutely love that. And I think particularly at the moment, that feels very, very apt uh, with what we're going on. But I think that's very apt for all times, isn't it? Without a I doubt. Think, I so, think so. So and thank you. One of the things I would add to that is, um, and the process is to work out how to uh, how I can get rid of the fear and anxiety during that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So if people want to find you, I know you are on social media, aren't you? And you're Funkhead on Facebook? Funkhead, uh, yes, I have a page on Facebook and a website, funkhead.co.uk. Fantastic. And all of those links will be in the show notes as well. So if anybody can't funk, it's fairly easy to remember. Um, but if you're struggling, they'll be in the show notes for this episode as well. Um, and you can obviously come and find those. You can find Viv and, you know, ask any questions, go and find out about her programs. If you've got teenagers that you're worried about um, and, and, you know, you want some help and you want and they might want some help as well. Um, I'm also available for, for people to just have a quick message with me or, yeah, so I can help them. Thank brilliant. you, Sarah. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, it's been a, a brilliant chat and hopefully this will be helping lots of those worried, understandably worried parents out there, kind of not sure. And, and they can help their teenagers as well um, through this slightly weird and wonderful world that we are currently living in. Exactly. So brilliant. Thank you very much. That is the end of this episode. And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode of she, uh, Sarah Fisher, she can't even talk, of Sarah, Sarah Fisher Talks Connective Parenting. See you soon. Bye.